You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. What's up, 26er family? Welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and we are here with another episode of Extraordinary Occurrences. Producer extraordinaire Demarcus Adisa has joined us again. What's up? Truth is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Yeah, um, this might not be the longest episode because we are worn worn out. out completely worn out we are recording live on location from our mother's living room coming straight from the kitchen island <laughs> it's been quite the weekend uh so we decided to do this episode another episode of extraordinary occurrences because the event that we've been talking about for i don't know how long finally happened yesterday finally got the event done back to school without bash. a cinch might i ask it really went off without a hitch it uh-huh. did First annual host of fund back to school bash and giveaway happened yesterday in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, and I, I'm still kind of processing the whole thing, like taking it all in. It was a lot to take in. Yesterday. It was so hectic yesterday. I don't think I really just stopped to have a moment about the fact that it really materialized. The vision that we had came to life. And probably if I had a moment to take it in, I, I might have gotten emotional. Might have had to fall down on one knee, shed a little tear. Exactly. So it was probably for the best that we were just too busy to really enjoy and, and soak it all in. Right. I, I, I found myself for a second, like, I'm really, fr- like, from here because we haven't lived there in so, so many years. Right. It's been, Nana moved off, Nana and Pop moved off Stevens Avenue in, like, 99. The church mm-hmm. moved to Long Branch, like, early 90s. So it was kind of surreal. Right. The neighborhood has changed a lot, but in some ways has remained the same. Mm-hmm. But it was great to come back and actually be of service to the community and actually families of people our family isn't on for decades. Right. That's the part that I think was just nuts. I mean, I knew that people knew, um, you know, the Osbournes, that's our grandparents' last name, and, and were connected to our family in some way. But coming back and being here for the entire week just reminded me how much of a small town feel mm-hmm. where, where we are, where we grew up, how much of a small town feel it has with so many people being like, oh, yeah, I know the Osbournes. I went to high school with your Uncle Kevin or Aunt Lisa, or I know this person or I know that person. I knew your grandparents. Oh, I worked at the V&A um, with your grandmother. So it it was a great reminder of how much of an impact they have had as a family um, and the fact that, like, we really grew up in a <laughs> small, small area. Right. Like I was telling you, I, I went around and I dropped off a bunch of flyers and, like, the laundromats and the grocery stores, the little bodegas and stuff like that. And I went to Gus's Barbershop. And I never really thought about Gus's Barbershop actually being, like, a neighborhood institution. It is, yeah. And Gus is, like, 77 years old, still cutting hair. And I feel like anybody that's Black, and from our part of Monmouth County has it gotten at least one haircut at from in, one. The, in their lifetime. And I'm like, Gus, you remember me? He's like, who? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like Gus, you, you you know, my, my grandfather, oh, yeah, I know you, your uncle, your uncle, your brother, how you, how you doing? <laughs> and they just snapped back. And I'm like, wow, like Gus literally, I'm sitting here that probably speaking to someone who's 77 years old that knows everyone. Right. And I think it, it speaks to like just the sense of community that I was telling you off air that um, a lot of my female friends know Gus's Barbershop as well, because as a sibling, at some point you had to sit in there waiting for your, your, brother, your brother to get a haircut, haircut for though. sure. Um, so, 
<laughs> I feel like we need to talk to Gus for sure. He has the archives on Red Bank and Tension Falls, Falls and Shootberry and all that great stuff. But yeah, we we are still recovering. Um, I said last night I feel like I've been in a jujitsu match that I went to un- and into went into untrained because my body aches literally from the neck down. I feel like some loan sharks beat me in my sleep. <laughs> like, I owe somebody money. They came with the tire irons. Yeah, <laughs> You man. thought you wasn't going to pay us back. We wasn't going to find you, DeMarcus, huh? <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, I can't remember what we even talked about on the last episode and where we where we left off. We had the bags. Right. We had the bags, right? We had the bags. Yeah. So now we can make it known. Shout out to Chad Roberson, episode 61 of Momentum Advisors, um, who's affiliated with the New York, uh, New York Urban League, urban, uh, I can't even talk. New York Urban League for young professionals. For young professionals. Yeah, we're tired, folks. Um, Who came through and really were the anchors on uh, the bag front. We had a surplus and we had other bags that were donated, but they were really the first to step up and say, we we got something for you and and we can help. So the first challenge that we had was actually getting the bags to us um, because they were they were pre-assembled by uh, the Urban League in Indiana. It was out there with Andrew Luck. Yeah. The Colts way out there in the Midwest. <laughs> so it was like a whole thing of trying to get the bags from Indiana to Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, so we had we had secured a, a way to store them in anticipation of them coming in Uh relatively early. Long story short, the bags ended up not getting there until this past week, even though they were ready for us, I guess about a month ago, because there are always logistical challenges, right? It happens. So the bags were on freight, then the bags were going to be put in boxes, and then the boxes were going to be too expensive, and then we had to figure something else out. Um, So after we worked it all out, it became, oh man, we got to, these bags have to go out today. So One of the things, I mean, I've never had to deal with freight shipping, so I didn't realize the challenges and the expenses that come with that. And um, one of the things that came up was, oh, where are we where are we bringing this? And when they found out that we were storing everything at a church because there wasn't like a a loading zone or, you know, a, a dock or what have you, you have to pay extra fees for that. Now, we we did this as a nonprofit. And shout out again to Chad for brokering that piece to get some of those expenses waived. But one of the uh, stipulations was, okay, well, the driver is union. So you're going to have to have help if you don't have a lift gate for this, these entire pallets to uh, come down un- unassisted. And if you don't have that help there, when we show up, you're going to owe Mr. Union truck driver money. Right. So we go through like all this work to rally and have a crew of people um, ready and able to like get these bags off the, the truck when it comes in. And uh, we were told that it was going to be minimum six calendar days. So that sixth of the day landed on um, a Wednesday, right? So we we go to the church, shout out to the deacons at Pilgrim Baptist Church. We They rally, we get all these resources together um, to make sure that when the bags come, we can get them off the truck. So the only thing that I requested of the freight company was if you're doing this ground and you're going to get in early before Wednesday, please give us a heads up because clearly you can track that, right? Long story short, we didn't find out that they were in New Jersey and delivering the bags a day early until 30 minutes before they were getting to the church. Mind you, I was an hour and a half away <laughs> when the leash DeMarcus was not even here yet. 
I was in Costco getting 10 cases of Capri Suns and nobody was at the church. So then it became a scramble to to get back there and meet this driver. And this is when small town living comes in handy because somebody that went to school with my uncle has like a mechanic shop near the church and also happens to go to the church. So somebody made a phone call who made a phone call who made a phone call. He showed up with his son. Um, A couple of the deacons met us there um, and a couple of our family friends and the bag showed up. And that's when it became real. I think when I actually saw the these assembled bags coming in in three whole pallets. So we get everything unloaded move them into the annex at the church. And at that juncture, we had we had had already one like drop off from another supporter um, of the event, Assemblyman Eric Hotelling and Assemblywoman Joanne Downey. They had dropped off some bags and school supplies as well, like earlier. So we had like a decent amount of stuff right. at that point. We had a little bit of mis- you know miscellaneous and then we had um, the bags, right? So we were good. Now we're just running around um, dealing with errands, et cetera. And then I get another call from the assembly member's office basically saying, oh, you know, we have some more stuff for you. Okay, no problem. You know, you can drop it off at the church. Drop, they dropped it off at the church. I wasn't there. I spoke to one of the ministers at the church. I said, oh, how much stuff did they bring? He says three carloads. So we ended up with way more stuff than we anticipated. And the, the crazy part is that when we started this, we just didn't even know how we were going to get a minimum that we set for ourselves. Right. That was the wild part. Yeah. Making that public declaration like, yeah, hey, we're going to supply 500 students with backpacks and then kind of scratch your neck. Like, why are we interested? <laughs> <laughs> like every other uh, back to school backpack giveaway right. that happened in a 200 mile radius. Everybody did like 40 or 50 bags. And here we were being crazy. So anyway, so we had at that point well over 500 bags with boxes and boxes of school supplies. And then the Y came through. And I donated an extra 100 backpacks with school supplies. Exactly. So we had all those things and then the individual donations that were being made by family, friends and and the church members there. So we had that part um, taken care of. And then it was go time on just all the other elements that we created, because once again, just doing too much, we couldn't just pass out the the bags. As the old folks would say, we were doing too merch. <laughs> too merch. Merch. So there were the, was the blow up houses and the candy for the kids and us getting the DJ and popcorn and the hot dogs and hamburgers, which is a whole fiasco in itself. Yeah. So we couldn't just have the kids pull up with their parents, get their bags and go. We decided to do it in like a mini carnival as well. Do you know how hard it is to plan for that to feed and entertain that many people when you don't hire a full large scale event company? Right. So this is when we had to depend on um the kindness of family and friends. And we were making trips back and forth. Shout out to our mom, who's our live studio audience today. Audience of one. <laughs> she in the back, waving her wrist. Um, so she and my aunt went and got the first uh, 14 cases of hot dogs and hamburgers, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago. And right. then they were being stored in a tall freezer in our uncle's garage. That was the first piece. Then... You went and got the rest of the meat this week, right? Yeah, I, I went to Sam's Club and and got 30-something cases of hot dogs and hamburgers. That was interesting, wheeling that through Sam's Club, being followed by people. What you got going on there? Yes, which, speaking of people following us, so we had to get the bread, okay? Now, of course, you know, we didn't have the freezer space to get the bread early. 
So we had to wait until the last couple of days, you know, before so that it was it was fresh. Um, then we discovered that. OK, so I'm, this is where like who just who I am as a person kicks in because I didn't just look at the bulk, you know, OK, so we go to BJ's and we get, you know, packs of 24 rolls each. I I priced the rolls at a bunch of different places, the hamburger buns. And our mom included kept saying, oh, Walmart's probably going to be the cheapest. Yes, Walmart was the cheapest in terms of the per bun cost. And you have to think about these things when you need over 2,000 buns. Right. So the thing about Walmart, though, is that they only come in packs of eight. So three Walmarts later. (laughs) (laughs) So we literally, we go to the first Walmart and um, mom, if you're going to be in the background, you... (laughs) We have background noise happening today. <laughs> this is what happens when a live studio audience. We didn't do the please silence your phones before entering the studio. <laughs> anyway, um, so we go to the first Walmart. Now I'm thinking I'm on the back in the background on Christian Mingle. <laughs> <laughs> All kind of notifications keep going uh, off. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the most freestyle, uh freestyle Friday episode we've done. But um, so we go to the first Walmart. Now I'm thinking that it's gonna be like the bulk stores like BJ's or, you know, Sam's Club, where I can just go to the manager and say, listen, we're going to be buying quite a bit of uh, bread. Can you just give us the cases out of the bag? And the manager was like, yeah, that stuff gets delivered every day. So whatever's out here is just what we have. We have nothing in the cases. So then you and I proceeded to count out 125 packs of hamburger rolls and 125 packs of hot dog rolls, which they didn't even have. They had all the ham, uh, the hot dog rolls. At the first wall, yeah. at the first Walmart, yeah. Exactly. So we're rolling through the store with what two or three carts of just hamburger of just buns. Buns. So everybody's it's looking at us at like. Us. What you got going on there? We're about to make jailhouse hooch. That's what we got going on. Pruno. <laughs> like, and see, I guess because who I am as a person, I'm not asking people any questions. Right. If I see you with a cart full of bread, I'm thinking either you run a hot dog cart or something, restaurant. or your restaurant is out of bread and you're just making a run, or you're having a huge cookout. But either way, I really don't care. It's none of my business. But people were like going out of their way to be like, that. that's a whole lot of bread you got there. So we, we covered off on the, the hot dog buns and then it took two more Walmarts to get all the hamburger buns. But in the last one, we actually had a donation in line. Right. A woman asked what we had going on and was quite moved and actually paid for a portion of our goods. Shout out to her. What was her name? Donna. Donna. Miss Donna, wherever you Ms. are. Miss Donna in Old Bridge Walmart yep. on Route 9. Uh, shout out to you for that last minute cash donation right in line. So yeah, if you're going to ask the question... At least help, well, right? At least help. Give a hand. Some, <laughs> some sort of contribution. Yes. So uh, we had, I don't know, seven or eight picnic packs of various uh, combinations of bottles of ketchup, mustard, and relish. We had um, 20-something cases of hamburgers. It was just crazy. Uh, 20 or 25 cases of hot dogs, 2,000-plus buns. So the major part of the food was done. Now, people keep asking, like, how we did this, right? How did you... Like, get this done. Uh, What I have learned through this process is that it can be very difficult to get companies to cut you a check, but they will give you products. They will give you things. So we did get donations from 
um, the bulk stores, BJ's, Costco, and Sam's Club. They gave us all gift cards, but they were in relatively small amounts. So if anybody's looking to do this, you know, on this show, we're all about education and inspiration. Usually how it works with those stores is you have to go in months before your event and fill out an application or drop off um, a letter of interest, a request letter with your tax exempt information. And they're allocated a budget every month to be able to give gift cards to uh, organizations. But they really can't tell you beforehand how much you're going to get because it just depends on how many requests um, come in. So the earlier you do it, the better because you're you're earlier on the list and you can guarantee that you're going to get something. But when they reach their capacity, they just kind of split the denominations. You don't get more because you came in earlier. You just get you just are guaranteed something because you came in earlier. So we had um, those small donations, which we could use for like bulk candy and condiments and stuff like that. But for the most part, the the not even for the most part, completely the major food, all of the, the meat and the bread, we pay for cash. So those are things that we used individual donations for, along with um, some cases of water and, right. and juice. But Wawa uh, is a huge supporter of the community. For those of you who do not live in the tri-state area, you're probably like, what is, what Wawa? is Wawa? It's a convenience store chain that is 10 times better than 7-Eleven. Yes, I said it. Yes. 7-Eleven can never stand I up concur. to Wawa. But if 7-Eleven cuts us a check one day. <laughs> I don't know. They might be able to change my opinion. But for now, 7-Eleven iced tea has nothing on Wawa tea. 7-Eleven sandwiches don't it. have anything on Wawa sandwiches. 7-Eleven, you don't drink coffee, but Wawa coffee is the best out of any convenience store. It's even the best out of some non Don't Wawa, or doesn't Wawa have free ATMs, like no surcharge? They do. They also have free ATMs. Step your game up, 7-Eleven. <laughs> but also, Quick Check does too. So they're on that bandwagon, but I've never seen a free ATM at 7-Eleven. Okay. So. Um, so, so yeah, so Wawa was one of the, the companies that we reached out to and uh, they gave us their maximum, which is 500 cartons of iced tea and lemonade. Um, and fruit punch. And fruit punch. So uh, the way that works is you make the request at Wawa Corporate Headquarters and they give you an approval. And then we got that approval months ago. And then the week of the event, you just get an email that, hey, all your crates are at the local store, which for us was like five minutes away um, right. from the church. And that's really all we had to do. And there's, they were so kind. They were like, oh, if you'd like to include our our logo, let us know. They don't even require that. So um, they were a huge supporter in addition to Herd, Herd's Chips. Herd's came through with the freshest potato chips I've ever had in my life. Is Herd's National? or is that a, a Northeast thing? I don't even know. I, know. I know Wise is, but... Um, so anyway, Hers Potato Chips. Hers has, ha- Hers has Heart Foundation. Um, they will donate uh, a minimum number of amount of cases to you and then they offer any additional that you want at a, a dramatically, a drastically reduced rate. And then they have plants uh, various places in the Northeast, one of which happens to be in New Jersey. So we were able to pick up those cases or our Aunt Lisa went and picked those up. But because they're coming from the plant, who knew that potato chips were so much fresher if they're coming directly from the plant? By the time they get to us from the grocery store, the convenience store, not exactly the same thing. Um, but but yeah, so we had all those condiments, juice, water, fruit punch, lemonade, iced tea, hot dogs, hamburgers and potato chips. But again, we couldn't just leave it at that. So we had the concession stands. Yes, concession stands for the kids with show cones and cotton candy. And let me just say, those women who operated the cotton candy <laughs> station, God bless them. 
because they was covered in cotton candy. So, yeah. yeah it looked like, you know, to give y'all a description, it looked like some spiders had colonized their heads. <laughs> like, it was just webs and webs of cotton candy around those women's heads. And they stood there all day. All day. So we had rented concessions, <laughs> right? So we had snow cones, um, a popcorn. We had a snow cone machine, a popcorn machine, and a cotton candy machine. We relied heavily on uh, volunteers because a lot of the uh, small attractions companies, they don't give you attendance for that kind of stuff. You just rent the equipment, they give you instructions and you got to make it happen. So we were outside and I have seen, I've been to a carnival before with this rented equipment, but it was indoors. So I think it was a combination of the wind outdoors and just amateurs one woman at one point was like, it literally was a veil of cotton candy over her sunglasses. <laughs> they were literally covered. But the kids loved it and they they really toughed it out for us. Yeah, the kids enjoyed it. They were having a great time. Those snow cones was all right, too. I had one. Yeah, I did. I was surprised with our syrup from Amazon, but it, it worked out. Um, So we, we had a huge tent with all of the food and all the, the snacks and drinks. Um, And then we had attractions. We had the two moon bounces uh, and little carnival games for the kids and eventually face painting. And, right. And little DJ. goodie bags. Yeah. So... Um, we were trying to figure out like, okay, how do we manage crowd control? And this is where I want to pat myself on the back because everybody was like, what are you doing with all the tickets? How's this going to work? This is a lot of prep work, but it allowed things to flow incredibly smoothly. Right. Um, so we ended up having every child that came, they were given a little baggie with all these color coded tickets in it. Um, and then their parents were given tickets for food. Uh, food and beverage. Um, and also in the bag was a little red ticket for um, their backpack. So they got that stuff with a little strip of instructions in English and Spanish telling them which tickets were for which. So we were able to kind of manage the crowd and flow of traffic. So people would come, check in, get their little baggie of tickets, take the red ticket, raid the backpacks and school supply section, and then have a good time on the other side um, in the, the carnival area. So it just it just helped us, number one, to be able to track how many people we served, but also to make sure to make sure that we had enough stuff to go around because we didn't know what to expect. Thank God that it was uh, manageable. We had a good turnout, good flow of traffic because the police officer that was supposed to be there didn't show up to the very time, like three o'clock, three o'clock. So thank God it was just manageable crowds because if it wasn't, it could have been World War Three. But you know we had more than enough stuff. I think our greatest fear was just more kids showing up than we than we could serve. Um, but it worked out. We had that crowd in the beginning where they were lined up like twenty minutes before, and, and I think so. The okay, let let's back up because what we failed to mention is that we were not just working on this all week. There was a summer camp. We week. ended up. <laughs> I'm laughing now because I can't believe we agreed to this. So we ended up um, supporting a week-long evening STEAM Academy for kids. Basically, it was a science, um, you know, science, technology, engineering, math with an arts component. So that's where the A comes from, STEAM instead of STEM, at Pilgrim Baptist Church, where kids were able to come from 530 to 830 and hear some speakers and work on coding and robotics and a bunch of other science projects all week, Monday through Friday. So we were just supposed to be helping with certain elements. You were helping with the preliminary registration. Right. Right. And I was helping them find instructors for uh, a curriculum for the two sessions each night. Somehow 
You end up turning into a church mother. Somehow I ended up <laughs> running session one every night with the sixth to twelfth graders. And, and then serving, serving food. Prepping food and serving food. Yeah, she was handing out string beans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we were in a situation where all week we were trying to manage logistics for a Saturday, but then ha- having to um be camp counselors during the week in in the evening because- as well. Not only did we have to go shopping during the week, then you had to come work with the camp. Well, un- before you work with the camp, unload or whatever you whatever sh- you brought for the you day. brought for mm-hmm. the day. Do the work with the camp. Make sure the kids eat, help them clean up, and then finish whatever task they needed to get done. So bagging up that candy, separating the tickets, and moving items around. It was a lot. Every it was day. a lot. Yeah. So basically, how the days ended up going was handling administrative stuff in the morning, running errands into like mid to late afternoon, dropping things off to the church, unloading. Literally by every night, by the time things got unloaded, unloaded, the kids were pulling up because nobody shows up earlier on time like parents trying to get rid of their kids in the summer. That is a fact. <laughs> so, All right, see you later, Tanner. Literally, they were like rolling into the parking lot on two wheels, just letting the kids out and, and moving on. So, and then the kids, we would get the kids out and then a small army of volunteers would stay so we could do the things that required an assembly line. So we had goodie bags and prizes and all that other stuff. It was just nuts. So every night we were getting in bed at like midnight because of all of that. Then Saturday came. So I showed up to the church at 730 um, and all of the stuff now. So all the, the supplies to serve that many families is just stacked everywhere in a hot parsonage the annex at the church. And thank God for our family and colleagues and friends, those early volunteers who came and really did the work to move all that stuff now from inside to around the other side of the building and to organize all the school supplies and the backpacks in a way that really flowed and allowed families to come in really quickly and get their stuff. And, um, you know, a lot helping us to set up all of the carnival and the companies that were coming, delivering things that you know, the big attractions that were rented. Shout out to my homegirl, Ajwa Iden of Taste Events, who was basically the forewoman um, who helped to bring this vision to life in terms of what this carnival is going to look like and all the various vendors that we need. Uh, you know, you don't think about things like how much ice do you need for right. for an event like that? We ended up ordering uh, 400 pounds of ice to be delivered and somebody still had to go out and get ice. So it was nuts. It was crazy. But to see see it when it all came together, we had voter registration there and the Y came out. Right. Shout out for um to Robin Pickett. Robin for, Pickett of for Delta help, Sigma Theta. Of Monmouth County chapter for helping to set up the voter registration and getting the League of Women Voters for the South Month because we didn't know if it was going to happen. We did not know if it was that was going to happen. Um, but that, that Greek network really came through for us. So we actually were there to serve the kids, but adults were registering to vote. Right. Also. Um, because we all know this 2020 election is not a game. Right. So speaking of Greek. Oh, yeah. Also, shout out to Bill Burton and uh, Barry Bostic of the Jersey Shore Omega Sci-Fi chapter. I can't remember what, what the, the letters are for the chapter, but they really came through in a big way. Um, So they had an event that same day. But once their event got over, they came and volunteered. Barry actually DJed the event. Diagnostic. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, DJ IMB, I think, is, is, is his uh, his handle. And uh, Bill and uh, Rusty's rest of frat brothers actually staffed the event, made sure that traffic flowed right, helped us with the setup and everything. And, you know, 
was was a great resource for us to have because we needed some brothers because some of them deacons <laughs> was walking with canes and they couldn't stand up or carry anything. So they were offering moral support, though. right? But we needed, you know, we needed some manpower, young so. backs and young knees. So that's what we needed. Yes. So in the end, um, we were worried about having enough volunteers. We were a little bit short staffed, right? But but people really stepped up and uh and and helped out. And I, I knew. The reason why I was so hell-bent on getting to the church so early is because I knew it was going to take the full four hours to set up. I knew that. And sure enough, families were lining up between 1130. Like it started at 1130. They were lining up and we were still trying to get the concession set up, make sure the generator was working correctly, et cetera, et cetera. And when we opened, we officially opened (laughs) check-in. It was like 80 kids in a bounce house. Literally all of a sudden, right? So we thought people would get their tickets and go line up for the backpacks, right? But kids in bounce houses, like it's just a moth to a flame. So it it wasn't even staffed with the volunteer. All I know is check-in open and we turned around and like, 45 kids were in one of the bounce houses, which is completely above the capacity. Um, so then volunteers were literally dragging kids, kids out. out of it. It was just crazy. Them kids deflated that bounce house like three different times. <laughs> <laughs> I turned around. I just heard kids screaming like, ah, <laughs> it's slowly coming down. It was it, it, that that was a bit chaotic. But um, at the end of the day, it was great to see the impact that we were able to have and um, people coming in through the community. We were still walking around, passing out flyers the morning of, just trying to make sure, um, we, you know, that we had people actually show up after doing all the work. And thankfully, we were in a bit of a high traffic area and we were going around to all the bodegas and everything else. I was using my Spanish skills just to get through the neighborhood and get people to come. Um, and they showed up. They showed up and they they had a great day. And kids were walking around, cotton candy wasted. Oh, those kids was on one. They were Between hopped the up. cotton candy and those snow cones. Yeah, they were hopped up on sugar. But, um, you know, to hear that the kids were saying this is the best day ever, it that really touched my heart because it's one thing to pass out some bags, but it's another thing to do it in a way where people don't necessarily feel like a charity case. Right. And if you are, are blessed with means you may not realize how difficult it is um, if you are on a tight budget just to provide a fun day for you. Right. If, if, if you've done anything, gone to a boardwalk or an amusement park or Chuck E. Cheese, nothing is cheap. Like it, it costs a lot to take things out. So um, to take kids out. So the fact that we could provide this day and not just give away free things, but give away an experience and free food and games and candy and all that stuff for four hours. And people did not have to pay a dime. Right. And we had a little performance, too. Yes. Fred Soul. Shout out to Fred Soul. Shout out to Fred. Um, who I've known forever, who came through and performed for the kids. It it was amazing. It was amazing. But it's truly in the spirit of our grandparents because that's what we grew up on. Absolutely. Between our grandparents and our mother is just having experiences with little to no money. So, you know, to speak on the neighborhood, you know, Nana sometimes would pile us all in the car. Mm-hmm. We might go to Pete's Fishery or something like that. And she ordered like two platters and tear the styrofoam container to turn it into plates and split it amongst the kids and just take us to the beach. Yep. Or flying and saucers. Flying saucers for Ryan's on Shrewsbury Avenue. Which used to be like Carvel a hundred years ago. They became right. Ryan's. But like, if anybody knows what a flying saucer is, it's just two 
chocolate cookies with ice cream in the center, but she would, and they're like a dollar, but yeah. she would split them in half. Cut them in half and give them to all the grandkids. We go riding. She's singing in the car. It's a whole experience. Yeah. So um, that that's how we grew up. It, it, we may not have had everything in terms of material things, but we had everything. And that's the kind of day that we we wanted to to provide for the community. Um, and it just started as an idea and it it blossomed into something that I hope they never forget. Right. You know, um, and I hope that we can make it bigger and better. Right. I don't I don't think people will forget it. I, we had people while the day was going on, like that were energized and excited, like what you guys got going on next? What can we be a part of next? What's going on next? And I'm thinking to myself, um, we don't need any more big ideas. No, we're we done. Just need we're done to, for this year. <laughs> to ride out 2019 and go back to regularly scheduled program. Yeah, I think we are we are working on strategy a little bit for the podcast and for HOSA for the rest of the year. Resting and recharging. I, are we doing a two-year anniversary event in December? Ooh. For uh, <laughs> December 27th? Because I'm okay with not doing that. I'm I'm all right with that. <laughs> you know, maybe we just have, I don't know, maybe we holler at Jeff or something. We have like a cocktail hour or yeah, man. something like that, light refreshments. But I'm all right with not doing a whole event. I will say that I feel like I have nothing left to give. I, for this year, um, my focus is to finish the book. I'm coming along on that. So that's done. But in terms of like a major undertaking, I just I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think I feel like I need to see a chiropractor after yesterday. I think I think it was that that was our last big hoorah for 2019. Last big hoorah. Yeah. People were like, oh, we can't wait for the next thing. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, we can't wait for that next gala. I was like, (laughs) 2021, player, because 2020, no. Talking like Michael uh, Magic Johnson. <laughs> I, I ain't going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yesterday was amazing. I mean, we had our connections from just various parts of our lives come through. Right. Shout out to Lenny and Satan for driving all the way from, from Philadelphia. Ministries. Yes, driving in from Philadelphia. We've known them since we were kids from our, our home church uh, here at back where we grew up. Um, they came in from Philadelphia. Uh, my friend Johnica came in from Atlanta. I had friends in from PA, Philly, right. the Delaware border. People took the train down from Harlem. Martavius came all the way from Harlem on New, New Jersey Transit to take pictures. Just you to are, take pictures you for are us. Appreciate it. Yes. Brother. And one of my uh, play little sisters came down from Harlem as well. So we had people who really went above and beyond and fought shore traffic to get to us just to help out for the day. Um, Shout out to the John Bon Jovi Soul Foundation. Yes. So one of the things that we had not thought about in the beginning, but we were able to do um, through their their partnership and Pilgrim Baptist being connected with them is um, in the STEAM Academy, the kids had free dinner all week. That's where that came from. And then also the first 25 families to check in on Saturday uh, received free groceries. Right. So we really tried to um, do whatever we could and exhaust our resources. And one thing that we did not anticipate but worked out is we had teachers there who were, we had like a little teacher supply corner and they right. were able to take some dry erase boards and some other things Post-its, as well. all kinds of things. Yeah, so it, it, it unfolded in a way that I think we, we didn't even really anticipate. Our vision came to life, but there were some bonuses that happened as well, which were um, incredibly helpful. Incredibly. Assembly member... Hoteling showed up, showed up, and gave remarks and gave us a shout out. And the press was there. Press was there. So we'll be. It won't be in the New York Times, but we will be in the paper. In the local uh, paper. We'll be in the local paper this upcoming week. So uh, my mom made it. We made it. 
pretty sure my mom will take a picture and put it on Facebook. It'll be out there. It'll be out there. We might put that on Facebook too. Though. I might change my profile picture. <laughs> Um, so, and, but this is also like, I think a lot of the things that we've done for this, like people just really didn't understand, right? you know, like why we, we did the things that we did. Why did we do a docu short? But that docu short got the attention of the John Bon Jovi Soul Foundation. Right. And their rep came up to us yesterday and was like, I just had to meet you guys after watching that video and I want to connect and how can we help? And the local councilwoman, how can we help? These are the things, this is what December 26th is built on. Just being the kind of people that go the extra mile and do the things that other people don't want to put in the work. Right. To do. That is what being extraordinary on an ordinary day means. Because a, a lot of people did not understand the vision until it was actually happening. It was the same thing from the, the gala. Yep. And it's like, if you saw the gala, you should have known. You should understand, but people need to be reminded. It's not till the event is actually going on. So, oh, that's why they wanted a tent and that's why they wanted the tables and that's why you need 400 bags of ice to make a great day. People had a wonderful time mm-hmm. for, for free. For absolutely free. Free 99 the entire day. But it takes, in order to accomplish that, it takes a lot of sacrifice, uh, calling in a ton of favors, mm-hmm. which I'm saying I'm not doing anything for the rest of the year. But We're going to have to do a lot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those emails, text messages, and calls go, brother, 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 you remember when I did X, <laughs> Y, and Z for that uh, that damn backpack gala for the Hosa Foundation? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to need that in return. Exactly. And I'm fine with that. That's, that's the price you pay. That's how community works. But people, to reiterate the first point I was trying to make, people don't really understand until you pull the event off and it all makes sense. Right. Then they're like, okay, we, we get it. And that's what separates the wheat from the tear. You know, every, everybody doesn't have that. I believe it's inherent to all 26ers, but everybody doesn't have that. And um, one of the ways that I, I, I came down this morning was watching uh, Hitsville, the new Motown documentary, and just seeing the vision that Barry Gordy ha- had and has. And everybody, if you know me, you know I'm a documentary uh, junkie. But I love the backstory of how empires right. were built. And the one common thread that they all have, you know, these people who are icons and really blaze trails in their fields, the one common thread is that they see the vision before everybody else and they stretch people and they push them beyond what they may think their personal limits are. And that is how you leave a legacy that people don't forget. And right. that's how you make strides um, that that pushes you beyond general population. And right. I, I feel like the work that we're doing, as hard as it, it is and it was, and as tired as I am, as much as my bones hurt, you know, I feel like that was just a living testament to why we do this show. Right. And really pushing that agenda to for people to reach beyond what they think their limitations are, because although it's not easy, literally others then rise to the occasion to meet you and help you may not be on the first conversation. The level of persistence that it required to get people on board with this um, that was no easy feat. That was no easy feat at all. But now that it's done and it was done on a level it was done, you have a reputation to build on, right? And mm-hmm. it should get easier. There's no guarantee, but it should be easier the next time around because we approach this, even though, you know, we are from Monmouth County, from Ten Falls, lived in Red Bank, we approach this as outsiders. Right. I haven't lived there in, at this point, over 15 years. Mm-hmm. You haven't lived there since you were, what, 18? That was, what, 10 years ago? 10? I wish. <laughs> Almost 20. All right. I was trying to throw you a little compliment, but okay. You want to put yourself out there? Okay. They know by now. <laughs> but doing it like this, going and taking the extra step, being a little over the top with it, making it work, it was important to 
gain those relationships that we need moving forward to help things move along a little easier because as we stated in the last time we did the extraordinary occurrences, it was a little pushback initially, a little skepticism of, okay, what are y'all doing down here? What's mm-hmm. the agenda? I made no money from this. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is. I mean, you guys <laughs> probably have made this presumption already, but it costs us a lot. Right. Personally, it sacrifices, you know, financial our own emotional and psychological well-being, um, all of it together, our physical health. I think we were both pretty run down at this point. Um, so, yeah, we, we didn't gain anything from this other than just sheer satisfaction that we're able to continue a family legacy right. and promote our message. Even the, the, the STEM camp wasn't my idea, but like it just reminded me that that level of exposure is what changes kids' lives right. and sometimes sets them on a path. Um, into careers that may, they may not have thought about, right? you know, earlier. So even though it was a, a grind to get that done, I, I'm just glad that we we're walking the walk of what we talk about every week on the show. Facts. Now I'm like, do we do a full like county fair next year for the backpack giveaway with real carnival rides and all that? I don't know. We'll see what we'll happens. see. John Bon Jovi Foundation, get at us. <laughs> Sponsors, we need the Medici's. Who's going to be my Medici family to sponsor our ideas? Oh, God. Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> get at us. It may happen. Shoot, 26 Ventures, the, right. the company behind this podcast. It might be our own uh, our own situation. Right, man, it's just a step for it to get bigger and better, and who knows what it may be in 20 years. Like, it could be a full skip. Remember that when we was kids, how we looked for it? Was that St. Leo the Great? They had that carnival yep. every mm-hmm. year? That was like the pit, like aside from Mr. J taking us to like medieval times mm-hmm. and Six Flags, that was like the pinnacle of the summer. Right. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I need a few more days to recover and we record again tomorrow for the podcast. So there won't be a full recovery day for a bit. But listen, if you're listening right now, just pray for us. Take your hand, right? Hold your phone up. <laughs> take your hand, extend it towards your phone and just speak some positive words in our direction. Yeah, man. We we lost. Well, I lost my, it was supposed to be my do nothing day because now we're recording an interview. But we're committed to bringing this content to you through this whole process. We never missed an episode. Never. Never. As much <laughs> never as I lost. Wanted, I wanted to take a sabbatical. We've kept up with this. So despite all the summer cancellations and rescheduling of guests, um, we have made it happen. So anything else you want to add? No. No, you good? I'm good. So I would just say, I mean, I've gotten this question a lot since we started this process, like how, how, how I want to help. I want to help. I want to help. Honestly, there's no secret formula. It's just a lot of hard work, a lot of consistency, a lot of asks. Um, A lot of companies do have formalized processes online for making requests. But because the process is so easy um, in terms of electronic applications, everybody and their mom is asking them for for things. So um, you get the quick no uh, with a lot of those, but many will give if there's just no instructions to do so. So it's just willing to just step out of your comfort zone um, and make a call or send a letter or see if you know somebody who knows someone at the company and making the request and being flexible and and what you will receive for them from them. Because many companies, when you're just starting out, as I mentioned in a previous episode, they won't necessarily cut you a large check, but they'll do something on a small scale. So what ends up happening is you don't have the one large uh, sponsor per se. You have a lot of small ones. So you've got to cobble it together. Um, but it is possible. It is 
it is feasible to do this. We didn't spend $15,000 to do this. I got to look at the final number, but um, it was it was reasonable because we had the support of a lot of product donations and we negotiated discounts where we could. And, you know, of course, the sales tax exemption because we are official. Right. We're an official organization. So um, it is possible. It's just really doing the research and doing the work and uh, following up with people incessantly until you get, let alone the answer that you want and answer from them. It takes a while. So a lot of it came together just like the gala in the last couple of weeks. Um, But it worked. It's a grind. It is a grind, but it's a grind that's worth it. Right. Like Nana used to say. You make do with what you have and you don't, you may not have, like you said, that big donor, but a bunch of little pieces, sort of like a quilt, a bunch mm-hmm. of little scraps. Will, Patchwork. But yeah, put together a big blanket. So it worked out for us. Um, listen, we we are planning to hopefully do, uh, help a couple of small you know, families on a small scale around the holidays and we get a break, but we're going to be right back at, you know, raising uh, donations and things for next year's event because this backpack giveaway will be annual. So if you missed out on the opportunity um, to give, but you want to help and put some money on next year's event or the other things that we have planned on a smaller scale between now and then, it's never too late. It's never too late. We'll be fundraising year round. So you can check us out on uh, at the website, hosafund.org. At the bottom of every page is a donate button. Um, or if you're like, hey, I have a skill set that I think could be useful here. We are accepting help as well, 365 days a year. So feel feel free to reach out to us. Um, And if you got questions about how we did this and how we are doing it and engaging in philanthropy on our way up uh, the ladder in life, feel free to to send us a note. Always happy to share information. That's what this show is all about. Um, We hope you enjoyed this freestyle episode, even though we're both sleep deprived and in pain. Um, We had to follow up after talking about this so much. We wanted you to know that we did it. We did exactly what we said we were going to do. We didn't take anybody's money and run. Um, It all went back to the kids. So with that being said, keep rocking with us. We are not done. Now it's back to just the podcast for now. Um, Keep listening, like, share, and subscribe. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thoval. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.